From the Japan Times, this is Deep Dive, a podcast exploring the most important stories and trends in Japan. I'm Oscar Boyd, and this week, dual nationality. Japan's Nationality Act asks young adults with multiple citizenships to choose their nationality by their 22nd birthday. But many flout the law and live in a legal grey zone. The issue of citizenship is at the very heart of what it means to be Japanese. And being forced to choose nationality can be deeply emotional for individuals and their families. Today, I'm joined by Japan Times staff writers Sakura Murakami and Corey Baird. Together, they surveyed over 1,400 people with dual citizenship for a feature story on the issue. Sakura, perhaps you could offer an insight into the law and why it exists. To put it really simply, the Nationality Act determines um, how a Japanese person can become a Japanese national, basically. So that's the basis. And um, But it's, I guess, a very political issue for some. And uh, in our article, the one that I wrote with Corey, we focused very much on the post-1985 revision of the law. And um, the basis of that law is that citizens are only allowed to have one nationality. They can't be dual nationals, in theory. So that's the kind of main focus of our story. And it's also um, like what the very basis of the law is. Are there any particular reasons for that? Why was that uh, single nationality clause added in the 85 revision? Well, I talked to a law professor from Meijo University. His name is Atsushi Kondo. And his theory is that... um, the after the war there was a post-war I guess myth so to speak that Japan is a very homogenous country it's um, you know it's not a multinational or multi-ethnic country and um, the 1984 revision kind of uh, was made with that in mind to kind of reinforce the whole idea that Japan is a homogenous and pure blood-wise pure country. And Corey, what issues are people facing because of this law? Well, this is an issue that not a lot of people like to talk about, to be clear. And the reason is is that some people think they're breaking the law by having dual nationalities. So So, is it not illegal? So that's a question maybe I'll defer to uh, Murakami-san a little bit later in the podcast. But the issues that people face regardless of the legality is that people get incredibly stressed out about it. People are very unsure about which uh, processes to go through, which hoops to jump through in order to maintain both nationalities. And on top of that, they really kind of feel that their own identity is almost being attacked by being told that they may be are doing something illegal in, in maintaining dual nationalities. So I think a lot of the problems really go to a personal level for people. Was there a particular catalyst for writing this story? Has anything changed recently? Well, recently, um, there was a lawsuit filed with the Tokyo District Court where um, Japanese people who were born as Japanese lost their Japanese citizenship because they naturalized to a non-Japanese foreign country. And um, they said that losing their Japanese citizenship is unconstitutional. And that was kind of the catalyst for um, writing this huge like deep dive story and delving deeper into um, what kind of issues dual nationals face. So this is an ongoing case in the Tokyo court at the moment? Absolutely, yeah. And their case is a bit different because um, they're naturalized citizens, whereas we focused in our deep dive story, we focused very much on people who have dual nationality by birthright. Um, but, you know, we had such a great response from our readers and people seem to be very interested. So, yeah, we did, we did the deep dive. 
So essentially what happened was we had that story as the original peg and we wanted to put out our feelers to our online community. How big of a problem is it? And we were surprised to find that we had over 1,400, almost close to 1,500 responses from dual nationals. And it was just a simple kind of survey where people said whether they had dual nationality, whether they forfeited it, um, what countries they were dual nationals of, how old they were. And then there was a simple comment section. And yeah, again, we were very surprised at the level of response that we got. And we got really a lot of interesting insights and personal stories. So we thought from that point, it would be really interesting interesting to dive into what people are really feeling about this law because the issue has been covered in other media organizations and as we quickly found you can really start to go down a rabbit hole when it comes to these laws you know there's the 1985 law change and then there's also these laws that date back to uh, the meji period when they originally were trying to figure out how to form a country and how to really define their citizens, right? So we concentrated on the human aspect of the story. And so just to clarify, these are all people who have uh, either parents from multiple nationalities who just because of that birthright, they have a passport from, say, America and Japan or the UK and Japan or wherever else in the world in Japan. Yeah, I think most of um, the interviewees that we talked to and most of the people, a lot of the people who responded um, had parents who were of different nationalities, maybe a few who were born in the US, for example, and had a nationality by birthright in that respect. One of the interesting points for me is that it's not just a decision for uh, you know the individual, but also their families. And it really extends when you're choosing which nationality you're going to be. It extends to not just the self, but the family around as well. Right. And that was the third piece that was written actually as a part of this story. Um, you know, parents are also concerned about having their kids be able to return to what they see as their home country or potentially live in the future. So there's a lot of uh, problems, not just with what we delved into as an individual, but also families really kind of deal with a lot of these issues too. So. And it's quite interesting because I guess Japan is such a family-oriented country, but then, and it was fine up until, you know, recently when all the families were Japanese, like parents would be Japanese as well. But then now that there are more international marriages, now that there are more non-Japanese people in Japan, that kind of unit of a Japanese, fully Japanese family is changing. And I guess the dual nationality aspect of it sort of reflects that. So it's very timely in that respect as well. And so you, you got over 1,400 responses, 1,449 to be precise. How broad of an issue is this within Japan? How many people... Uh, do you think are living out there with dual nationality or are going to have to make that decision sometime in the future? We talked to uh, the Justice Ministry about this and um, he gave the number of about 890,000 people in Japan who are expected to or who should have um, forfeited or like chosen their nationality or be in a position who are dual nationals. So that's probably um, a mix of people who are born to um, non-Japanese parents, who are born abroad, etc. And it's probably a very rough estimate, but I do think it that shows just the scale of things at the moment. But I think this issue, when you ask how many people are dual nationals, I think when you ask that question, it gets to the, the crux of our story in that the Japanese government has no idea. Um, we know that the problem, as Murakami-san was saying, is hundreds of thousands of people. But because, you know, the Japanese government is trusting people to report their dual nationality status, they don't 
actually know whether people are actually doing that process. And could you tell us a bit about that process before we go into kind of the results of your survey? How do you go about you know, saying, I only declare my Japanese citizenship and forfeit my other citizenships? So if you were to declare your Japanese citizenship, um, you have two ways of doing that. You either go to your local municipality and turn in a form saying, I declare my Japanese citizenship, or you forfeit your non-Japanese citizenship. But just to be clear, the that first way is completely acceptable. And the first way, you do not need to provide any evidence that you've actually forfeited your nationality. So... I think it goes without being said that most people just say, they raise their hand, they say, I'm Japanese, they go to their local municipality office, and there's really no questions asked after that. You don't need to provide any evidence. So that is the huge loophole in the law, and that's the kind of gray area that we were referring to in our article. It's because in the law, um, you only have an obligation to try and forfeit your non-Japanese citizenship as long as you turn in in, in that form and declare your Japanese citizenship. So you could just say you're trying and maintain your dual nationality for as long as you like. And is it always possible for people to actually give up their nationality if they have to? Um, Well, no. There are countries that don't allow their citizens to give up their nationalities. So um, it is said, like some scholars do say, that the process of just declaring your Japanese citizenship Um, was put in place out of consideration for people who are dual nationals of countries that um, don't allow, you know, giving up your your nationality of that country. And then what about people, uh, I mean, Japanese citizens who are living abroad and then who are becoming naturalized citizens? The law says that the moment you naturalize to another country, to a non-Japanese country, your Japanese nationality is gone. It's revoked. It's revoked automatically. But the loophole, so to speak, is that the Japanese government has no way of knowing who's naturalized. So people just kind of get away with not really, you know, not really reporting to the government that they've actually naturalized to another country. But technically, uh, naturalized citizens are supposed to report to the government and to their local municipality and say, you know, I've given up my... I, I give up my Japanese citizenship because I've naturalized. Of those that you surveyed, how many do exist in this legal gray zone? I guess I was a little bit surprised at how high this number was, but 76.8% of people choose to just maintain dual nationalities. So to, to really put this into context, about five, ten years ago, there wasn't really so much discussion based around this nationality law. And a lot of people did not even think it was, quote-unquote, illegal. And I think maybe Murakami-san can speak better to that point. But um, essentially, people are just refusing to to give in their, their nationality. And I think, really, it goes back to people really view it as a personal decision. And they view it as a part of themselves. In a lot of the comments we got, people brought to, to mind imagery of hacking off a limb or cutting off, an, uh, you know, their other part of their body, you know, they're, you know, removing a, a huge part of themselves, you know, they're very graphic imagery. And people don't want to give that up. So I think this number is showing that reluctance. And you can assume that this number is only going to grow. Because if anybody has been in Japan in recent years, it's, it's very easy to see that a lot more foreigners are coming in. And you just assume that those people are also going to, you know, be marrying some locals. And 
so this problem, I think, is is not going away. And if anything, it's just going to get bigger. And maybe the problem will remain in the gray zone forever. But it definitely is going to grow in scale, if anything. Do the Japanese government have any powers to enforce the law? What can they do if they catch someone in the gray zone? The government, well, the justice minister, has the right to remind or give a warning to anyone caught in the gray zone, so to speak, who hasn't you know, declared either of their citizenships, to choose one of their citizenships. And um, they have, once that reminder is given, uh, they have a month to, a month to kind of choose one of their citizenships. If they don't choose either of their citizenships within, within that time limit, their Japanese citizenship is automatically revoked. So that's kind of the, uh, I guess, the enforcement part aspect of the law. Except the only issue is that the justice minister actually hasn't ever enforced the law, and they've never not once. They've never sent any reminders or warnings, so to speak, to for people to choose their nationalities. So that's uh, kind of where the gray zone expands as well. And what about people who are caught coming into the country with two passports? Does what happens to those people? Well, this is quite a funny anecdotal story that we got from the people we surveyed. And to be clear, we also interviewed in depth about 10 to 12 people on top of that who took part in the survey to really dig down. And one of the funniest anecdotal stories we got was, actually, this we got this story two times. They are dual nationals. They walk up to Japanese customs. They take out two passports by accident. You know, the immigration sees them with both passports and just points at the Japanese one and says, please use that, and he laughs. In the other case when that happened, the immigration officer said, you should give up one of those very soon. But for the second case, he never heard anything afterwards. And also, I guess with immigration officers, it's not really within their area of authority. It's not within their authority to actually tell people to, uh, to tell people what to do with their nationalities. So they just go they just do what they're told to do which is check the Japanese passport so that's where people can get through immigrations without any issues and um, I think a lot of the onus of trying to enforce the law or trying to force people to choose their nationalities is on the local municipalities but then again like that's a whole bureaucratic nightmare in itself as well so that's where a lot of people get away and yet clearly from the comments you guys received and what you've said in today's podcast and in the article as well um it's causing a lot of pain for people so do you think there's any sort of hope for change in the near future or do you think it's a stuck issue a few years ago maybe maybe no, just, last just year, year. Yeah, just last one year ago one of the leading figures to the opposition party the democratic party i think it was called at the time um, her name is Renho, and she actually was found to have dual nationality. She claimed, well, excuse me, maybe she didn't. She was accused of having dual nationality in Taiwan. But again, the issue gets really complicated because Japan doesn't recognize Taiwan as a country. So it's, it's very hard for her to have another nationality when that country doesn't exist. And she claimed that she was unaware of it. Uh, long story short, there was some very, very big backlash against her within the even Japanese mainstream media, but definitely on the right of the of the governing party and just right right wing people online. And I think it kind of scared a lot of people into 
thinking that the law was very illegal or very wrong. And the most interesting thing that I saw that we didn't publish is that the number of people who are actually giving up their Japanese citizenship has actually increased in recent years. It's still only about 700 people, but that number has risen in the past couple of years. And I think it's risen especially since uh, the Renho scandal. So I think there's, if anything, there's less appetite, even though the problem is growing. But there was no... Uh apart from the vilification she received, there was no constructive debate. No, it just kind of turned into a huge backlash of, like, a lot of pointing fingers and saying that she's, you know, having dual nationality is a criminal act. It was a very kind of, uh, very emotional debate for, especially for, I guess, um, right-wing people who consider, um, like, having citizenship as being equal to being Japanese. And... We looked into, the last thing we looked into was we wanted to ask the current Minister of Foreign Affairs, uh, Mr. Kono, whether he actually supported changing the law. And the reason we went to him is because a few years ago, he was actually a very huge proponent of changing the law, which was quite rare at the time. I think this is a problem that people like to sweep under the rug because if you don't bring it up, then it doesn't inflame the anger of nationalists. And... It kind of just goes on. You know, people kind of look the other way. But Kono actually had the courage to try to maybe even propose a way for dual nationals to exist legally, quote unquote. And so he even went as far to publish his own report, I think it was. A personal proposal. Right, to, to change the law. And so we actually asked him during a press conference whether, what he thought of the law and, you know, whether he thinks it still should be changed. And he just flat out refused to comment. So I think that's a great way to end the story because now people just don't want to talk about it. And if the largest proponent of changing the law now is completely mum on it, I think that is a very strong symbol of where the debate has gone, which is nowhere. Can I come in full circle? Are we going to see any fallout from the case that's currently going through the courts? So one of the professors we talked to from Chuo University, Professor Okuda, he essentially said to us very specifically that being born with two parents, um, naturalizing to a different nationality, and also just kind of being born into having nationality years ago before the 1985 law came into place, those three all exist on separate planes. And to him, he was not convinced at all that this case had any constitutional weight. And for him, he did not think that it was going to be won by the plaintiffs. So probably it will just be swept under the rug. I have talked to the lawyers and the of the case and of the um, I talked to some of the plaintiffs as well. And um, I think they do understand that legally it's hard to argue their case that it's the Nationality Act is unconstitutional. But they do hope that bringing the case to court itself will raise awareness of people who um, have dual nationality or who um, are struggling with, you know, losing their Japanese citizenship. That was kind of their reasoning behind um, bringing the case to court as well. Well, on that slightly, ever so slightly hopeful note, thank you very much, Sakura and Corey, for joining me in the studio today. Their full report for the Japan Times on dual nationality can be found online at www.japantimes.co.jp where you can also find all the latest in-depth news, lifestyle, culture and sports from Japan and beyond. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of the Japan Times podcast and a special thanks for all those at Temple University for their technical support.
See you next time.